today. Like I said earlier, this sermon is incredibly important, um, particularly for some of you right now who are experiencing what we're calling the dark night of the soul. Uh, that's exactly what we're talking about, and it, and it is exactly what it sounds like. The dark night of the soul is an intense experience or feeling of this darkness deep in your soul that you feel like you can't get out of. And all of us, to some degree, at some point, will experience this dark night of the soul. And what I've been doing for this last few weeks is I've been just trying to dig in to understand better what the dark night of the soul is. And I want to tell you that it has been incredibly refreshing for me. It has explained my Christian experience and I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for a lot of you based off of a lot of conversations that I've had with you, with, uh, with what's going on in your life. Many of you are experiencing what I think to be a dark night of the soul, and it's going to make sense. Uh, it's going to help make sense of what you're experiencing because tons of times people are sitting through church services and, and we're like, where in the world is God? I see all these people around me, and they seem to be like experiencing something that I'm not experiencing. You go to God and you pray, and it's like there's nothing, no one. Uh, you read the Bible, and it feels stale and empty. Uh, or you know people who've walked away from the faith, and you're like, man, I don't understand what's happened to them. Um, or maybe that is you, and potentially what's been going on is you've just been in this dark night of the soul. So here's the way I'm going to define it. Uh, and this is my definition of it. The, no the dark night of the soul is the normal Christian experience where the soul is deeply troubled for a period of time and the cause, here's, here's the crazy thing, the cause of this dark night is the fiery presence of God in your soul, purifying your soul, uh, basically detaching, there's these things that your soul has attached itself to, and God is pulling those things out from your soul, and it is painful, and it feels dark, and it feels empty. And But what's actually happening is this is an intense period of transformation as well. So, and you see this in great stories. There's, there's always this hero that walks through this intense series of, of, of trials, of suffering, whether it's physical or emotional, and this, this hero is completely getting beat up. And it's like they're almost, I mean, they're about to die, but then through it, there's this type of rebirth that happens, and the person comes out transformed through the trials that they went through, and what it leads to is their ability now to have, to, to, have, to face this destiny or this purpose or this goal of which the reason why this hero has been created. So, to some degree, um, we love stories like this because, well, they seem to be true for us. We are all experiencing this, but also, I'm convinced that the human heart has been wired to love these stories. Our hearts have been tuned to love that story because it's the story that our Savior walks through, and it's the story that we, as we follow Him, walk through. So we're going to read today Psalm 88, that's our verse, verses, our chapter, and it's going to take us deep into the dark night. Now here's the thing about Psalm 88. It is, Psalm 88 is probably the saddest psalm in the Bible. It doesn't end with any hope, and it's probably the only psalm that doesn't end with hope. It's taking us into the dark night. So here you go, Psalm 88. 
says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all of your waves. Selah. Anytime you, by the way, anytime you see this word selah, that means pause and reflect. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so I cannot escape. My eyes grow, my eye grows dim through sorrow every day. I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Selah. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my, up, my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Whew. All right. So, six things are gonna, we're going to see from this. The first thing we're going to see is the troubled soul. The second is the fire of the soul. Third, the waves of pain. Four, the loss of friends. Five, the loss of God. And then last, the dark cross. So, first thing is the troubled soul. And what I want you to see here is that the dark night of the soul is a normal Christian experience that the Christian goes through. So in verse 3, the writer says, My soul is full of troubles. Now here's the key thing to hold on to here. The writer, his name is Heman. And he is, it's, it's not that he isn't a believer. He is actually a hero of the faith. He is, he is a writer of this psalm, but he's not just a writer of the psalm, and he's not just a hero of the faith. He is the songwriter for Israel. He's the head songwriter. He's the artist of all artists for God's people, bringing God's... So here's what happens in a psalm. A psalm is God's words to us through an artist or a songwriter put down for us to then sing back up to God. So God in the psalms is actually teaching us the words to pray back up to God. And he's doing it through artists. Artists have a way of being able to express all these things that we feel that we don't have the words for. But right here, that's what Heman, this songwriter, is giving us. And what he's telling us is he's describing his dark night of the soul for us. So that we then have the words to express what we're going through. And what's interesting is that when he expresses his experience... He says it as if his whole life has been like this. Like his whole life has been this dark night where he feels abandoned by God 
His life is horrible. Nothing is going the way that he wants it to be going. It says he's afflicted and close to death from his youth. He says that he's shut in and can't escape this experience, and it's been his whole life. And here's the thing. That's not true. So for Heman, here's what we know. He has written all these other psalms, and right here he seems to be saying his whole life has been in the dark night. But in, the rea but in reality, when we look at the other psalms that he's written, he's had these great experiences where he's delighting in God, where he's experiencing the presence of God. He feels the presence of God. And what we have here is Heman telling us that when you are in the dark night of the soul, it is so intense that it's like all memory of God that you had before is now lost. Like before you tasted the sweetness of, and this delight in God, and now it's completely gone. But it's not that it's gone, it's the memory has been wiped away. And, and remember, he's a hero of the faith. So this is his experience. This great hero of the faith is experiencing this very thing. And he's starting to probably feel like this whole thing is a sham, like he's been tricking himself to believing that this whole God thing is real, when in reality he's thinking at this moment, maybe it's not because I'm not feeling what I know to be true. He feels like God is gone. What Heman is telling us is that when you're in the dark night, it feels as if all memory of God has been robbed from you. That this darkness is so thick that you can't even see any glimmer of God while you're in it. Any memory is gone. Mother Teresa talked about her dark night of the soul being between 1948 and 1997, until just before she died, and she says there were moments of relief in between those times. Uh, but, but look, here's what you got to see what the, dark, what, what the psalmist does. He continues to pray even through this dark night of the soul. He hears nothing, though. He feels that God isn't hearing him. But oftentimes, this is what faith looks like. In fact, he's a hero of the faith because of how he responds through the dark night. He isn't basing his faith off of his feelings. Faith is so much more than feelings. It includes your feelings, but sometimes your feelings are robbed from you. But faith is something, it's, it's a trust that even in the midst of it, there's something else going on that you're not realizing. I heard some statistics about the dark night, and here's why this sermon is so important. The statistics I heard, and I don't know if they're right, but it said that 20% of people sitting in the pews, that are sitting in the pews in a church, 20% of them are in the dark night in that moment. And then another statistic said that 85% of them won't ever come out of it. Now, I, I don't know that that statistic is right because it doesn't seem to be making sense with what we understand the dark night to be. But those statistics are important because it's likely that as you are watching me, 20% of you are in some type of dark night of the soul. So it's important you know that, because some of you right now are questioning everything. You uh, are feeling like potentially you've been tricked into faith, and maybe you've tricked yourself, maybe someone else has tricked you, but it's important to know that if that's happening to you, it's normal. 
It's a normal Christian experience. And if you're like me, here's what you're trying to do. You're obsessing over trying to get out of this dark night of the soul and trying to fix it. And what I came to realize after looking at the dark night is this is not something you escape from. This is something that you have to let happen to you. And if you don't, it's just going to make it worse. Um, if you discover that God is up to something in the dark night, it's going to give you actually some type of peace as you're going through it. So the, the, the question you have to ask is, why in the world would God put you through this dark night of the soul? Let's say you became a Christian a year ago, and things have been going great, and then all of a sudden, everything just feels like it's falling apart. Why would God do this? Well, here's why. Because the dark night, while it seems incredibly unproductive, meaningless, and pointless, and painful, and almost evil, it is actually the most important and transformational time, probably, in the Christian's life. So the way the dark night is explained is like this. In the dark night, say you look right at the sun. If you look at the sun long enough, you're going to go blind. Because the sun is too bright for you. So what's happening in the dark night, actually, is the fiery presence of God is in your soul. And as it's in your soul, you feel like you can't see God at all. But actually what's happening is he's burning away any impurity that your soul has attached itself to. So during the dark night, you feel like God is gone. He's abandoned you, but in reality, he is shining all the more brightly in your soul. And how do we know that? How do we know that I'm not just saying this and making this up? Well, because Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So if you feel that God is gone and abandoned you, uh, then there's got to be another explanation. And the dark night seems to be the most logical explanation for what's happening to you. So uh, you, you feel like God is gone, though he is not. In fact, if you really understand the dark night, you say something like what the psalmist says in Psalm 39. Listen to what he, it's crazy what he says. It's so weird. He says, look away, he's talking to God, and he says, look away from me that I might smile again. That's so weird. Why in the world would someone want to smile when God looks away from them? And the answer is because if this psalmist, this songwriter, is in the dark night, it would make sense that he is going through this time and the fiery presence of God is causing him to lose things that his soul has attached itself to, and it's painful. But it's exactly what needs to happen. And the psalmist is exhausted by it and says, God, just leave me alone. Like, I'm over it. I'm tired of this transformation. It's painful. So while the dark night feels dark, it's actually because the brilliance of God is shining brightly in your soul and your eyes have been blinded by how bright God is shining within you. James 1 says that when you meet trials of various kinds, count it joy. Why would you count that joy? Because of the transformation that's going to end up happening to you. The dark night is the ultimate trial. So the same way that gold is refined by fire, so your soul is being refined by the fire of God. So, then we ask, what actually is happening in the dark night of the soul? And the answer is, a death is happening. And this death, is, so what's happening is you are dying to yourself. There's a death to self, 
And there's also a death to the things of this world that you love more than you love God. And it's painful, and it's lonely, and it feels like a death is happening. And it feel, it's painful for two reasons. First, because you are being stripped of everything that you love more than you love God. That's the first thing. And the second thing that makes it all the more worse is that you feel like you're being forsaken by God at the same time. You feel like you are losing everything. So for the Christian, the dark night is painful because they've tasted at some point, maybe a year ago, the sweetness of God, and now that sweetness has been robbed from them. So that's painful, but also they're being, the things that they love are being ripped from them. And, and this joy and this peace and this rest that the Christian has found from God seems to be gone, and it feels like a death. You know, many people would describe them losing something like fame, or money, or possessions, or someone they love, or success as a death. In fact, a lot of people would say they would rather die than lose those things. So there is a real death involved in the dark night because the things that you have loved more than God are being stripped away from you. In the dark night, God is revealing to your soul what it was actually meant for, and it is God. And you're never going to know that God is all you need until God is all you have. And even more than that, when you lose God and then find him again, or you, have, you can't seem to find him and then he is there again, that is the deep rest that the soul finally experiences and achieves that it's been longing for. So the dark night, it's doing those things, but it's also getting you to groan for heaven. Because what's happening is God is ripping from your soul, the things that you love more than God, and then he's placing them right in front of you for you to see and to say that, oh man, these things actually never were as great as I thought that they were. And now you're realizing that God is really the one that you long for. And you realize then that heaven is the great passion of the soul. The soul longs to be back home with God there. So what I want to do now is walk more specifically through there's three parts of this dark night. This wave of pain, the loss of your friends, or this loneliness, and then the feeling of God is forsaking you. So the first one, the waves of pain. So this is the exterior circumstances that are happening outside of the soul. So this writer, Heman, he talks about how he's been afflicted from his youth, and he actually says that the wrath of God is upon him heavily and is overwhelming him with these waves of God's wrath, just like knocking him all about. And what's happening here? Now, Heman is saying, this has been from my youth, meaning he's been afflicted. He's had a horrible life from his youth. Now, we know that isn't true. But when you're in the dark night, you feel as if this is the worst day that there has ever been. Now, we know that's not true. I mean, it's likely that you are not experiencing the worst day in the history of the world out of anyone that has ever walked the earth. But we say things like that, and that's what Heman's doing. He's over-exaggerating what's happening to him because he feels like this is actually is the worst day in the history of the world. And that's what the dark night feels like. And here's, the, here's something else. It says God has done it to him. And he considers it to be the wrath of God. So, what's going on here? Well, 
not only is God wrathful towards evil, but he's wrathful towards any type of impurity that's in your soul, but it's a good thing, because what is happening is God's fiery wrath is burning it up within your soul, so that now it, the impurities are gone. Like, they're being pulled, they're being taken out of you. And, and so, it's painful, but look, this needs to be clear. So the exterior circumstances are not actually the dark night. But the exterior circumstances exacerbate what is happening within your soul. And it makes it this small little flame of, man, where, what's going on? Like, it's like inflamed. So let me just make this really clear. So when, when my oldest son, Cruz, first got sick, the first year felt like absolute hell. But the experience of God that I had at that time was flourishing. My prayer life looked great. Uh, I was experiencing God in my prayer life. I felt like God was with me and near to me. But then after about a year, it then felt like God was completely gone. And that's when I entered into the dark night. And once in the dark night, the suffering outside of my soul, the exterior things became so much worse because it felt like I had been now abandoned by God. But, I would also say that during this time, I had never longed for heaven more. So that's the first part, the waves of pain. The second part is the loss of your friends. So, this next part, um, you feel like your friends have no idea who you are. You feel like they don't understand you, and you feel that they have abandoned you to some degree. You feel alienated. So Heman says that this dark night, that God, it's actually God who has done this, has caused his companions to shun him and make him a horror to them. It's really weird. God's the one who did this. We see this in the story of Job, where Job has just experienced these horrible trials. And then his so-called friends, his wise friends, basically say to Job, Hey Job, the reason this is happening to you is because we thought you were like this faithful guy, but actually you're not so great. This must be because of your sin, and this must be because of your lack of faith, when in reality it had nothing to do. Job had strong faith. Actually, what we find is that through this dark night that Job was experiencing... God was strengthening his faith even more, but his friends totally told him the wrong thing. And our text is saying that it's God who's causing his friends to do the wrong thing, to tell him the wrong thing, to give him the wrong advice. Now, why would God do this? Because we have a tendency to make our friends and put them in the place where only God belongs. So, so, so here's, here's basically what happens. By the way, I've seen tons of friendships... Uh, broken because we expect our friends to be to us what only God can be to us. So we feel like our friends are letting us down. We feel like they're messing up totally and we're ready to leave them, uh, never talk to them again. But in reality, what our text is saying is that sometimes God is actually the one that's causing that to happen. God is causing our friends to be stupid to us so that we will then realize that God is really the one we're looking for. And until we realize that, we will always approach friendship the wrong way. So God is showing us not to expect our friends to give us what only God can. So in the dark night, here's what you feel like. 
Your friends never understand what you're going through, and often they can't, so you don't really want to talk to them about it. But then every once in a while, you do talk to them about it, and immediately, you regret talking to them because they handle it completely wrong. Now, I'm not saying that's all friends, and I'm not saying that at times, God, um, oftentimes God will give our friends wisdom in times like this for us, but if God is not giving us those friendships during that time, God is up to something, and he's teaching us to rely on him more than our friends. And my guess is that after the dark night, you can begin to appreciate friendships again. Because the thing is, the Bible puts a huge emphasis on friends. And friends are incredibly important. But, after the dark night of the soul, and you feel this loneliness, and then you don't feel it anymore, like your friends are back, you're going to become a better friend to your friends, and you're not going to expect them to give you what only God can. And when they mess up, you're going to be far better at forgiving them and loving them through it. But in all of this, the worst of it all is that you feel like God has forsaken you, like he's gone. You've lost him. That's, Heman feels like he has lost God completely. In verse 1, he still calls God the God of his salvation. He's still praying, but nothing is happening. It seems like he's speaking these empty words to God. In fact, Heman is speaking these really deep and profound words, heavy words, up to God, but it feels like nothing is being heard, and these deep, heavy words are falling right back down upon his head, which makes it all the more painful because he feels completely alone. In fact, as we trace it out, he decides to end the psalm with this. His only companions, his only companions are darkness. I mean, this is a, this is a sad, sad man. And he cries, I mean, it says he cries out to God, like, this is a piercing cry. It's almost like he's sad and he's angry, but he's a bit angry at God. And he's frustrated, he's in despair, he has this sadness and this letdown, and it's all wrapped up into this prayer to God, but God's ignoring him. The only way for him to describe it is to say his only companion is darkness. But, in the Christian life, our senses will often deceive us. Heman must know that because look at what he continues to do. He continues to pray. He's not allowing his feelings to dictate what he ought to have faith in. So what do we do when this happens to us? What do we do when we're in this dark night? Well, I alluded to it earlier. For the last year of my dark night, I've fought, I've fought it. I want to get rid of it. Thinking that I'm doing something wrong and I need to get myself out of it and I need to fight my way out of it. And since this last couple weeks of understanding what the dark night is, now I understand that I just need to let it happen. To just embrace the dark night that I'm in. And to, to realize that God has not forsaken me, but there is a burning in my soul, where God is burning away all the impurities, all the evil, all the selfishness, all the things that I love more than I love God, God is burning them out of my soul so that I might come back out of it all refined and transformed. I can't fight my way out of it, and because of that, I understand that God is at work, and that gives me a bit of peace. And it means I need to continue to pray 
and read and trust. But here's the wild thing. I have now realized that this is what God is doing, and it has given me some rest. It's making me realize that this is not something wrong that I'm doing, but it's something that God is doing to me, and I can trust God, and I believe that He loves me more than I love myself. Therefore, I can allow God to do what God is doing, and that gives me a bit of rest. It's a normal thing that I must walk through and that you must walk through at some point. And my experience and your experience ought to get us to think of something, to point us somewhere. The ultimate dark night. The dark night of the cross. On the cross, Jesus literally goes into the full-on dark night. In fact, when he's on the cross, it says that the whole world darkened, meaning the sun was covered up. Now, was this, this actually happened from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Was this a miracle? Was it an eclipse? Or perhaps it was both? But why this phenomenon? Why is God doing this? Here's why, perhaps. In this moment, we potentially get a picture of what is happening within Jesus' soul. And it would make sense that the creator of all things, Christ, in the moment where he enters into death, it would make sense that the world would darken. That the world would be darkened by the creator entering into death. That would make sense. Look, on the cross, Jesus cries out to God. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's the answer to Jesus' question? He is forsaken so that we only feel like we are forsaken. So that instead of being forsaken, actually this experience is really the fiery presence of God in our soul pulling the things that we love more than we love God out so God could take his rightful place in our soul, be our king, be the ultimate love that we have been searching for. And Jesus enters into death and breaks up out of it so that in our dark night, though we feel a death happening, that death is actually making us more alive to who God has made us to be. So now, when we enter into the dark night, we can know that God is doing some great work and through it, we will be transformed more and more into who we're made to be. Let me pray for us. God, I do pray that those of us who are in the dark night, that you would give us rest and peace, that we would trust you in what you're doing, and that through it we would come out the other side completely transformed so that then we might enter into the purpose and destiny for which you have created us for. God, I pray that you would strengthen us, you would help us be like Heman, and continue to pray to you even though we feel nothing in return. Help us, God. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.